Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to pan like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Okay, for today's episode, we are diving into canning equipment and specifically water bath canning equipment. And I think that this is a topic that is like an initial barrier to canning. I think people think that they have to have a ton of stuff and you really don't. And we're going to break down every item that you need and nothing that you don't need for safe water bath canning at home. The very first thing that you need is a preserving pan. And what that is, is whatever you're going to cook, your jam, your applesauce, your pickles, whatever you're putting into jars, that is what you're going to be cooking in. If you're just getting started, a wide-bottomed saucepan or a heavy-bottomed saucepan works great. You don't have to go out and buy a fancy jam pan. I know when I first started canning, I really kind of coveted those really beautiful copper jam pans with the really wide bottoms and the angled sides, but you can just start with a saucepan. Yeah, I love a good saucepan for jams. It it makes such a difference. Like I see on social media people cooking in like a stock pot, their jam, right? And they fill it up and there's they're doing a giant batch. And I can just tell you, don't double your recipe. Sorry, I'm going right into tips. Like don't <laughs> Good, double do your it. recipes. Stick to your single recipes. <laughs> That's great. So don't pick a preserving pan that is deep, right? You want the heat to be spread out across a shallow base of jam or whatever your preserves are. You don't want to have a deep vessel. Short side story. I've done canning demonstrations at a glamping canning retreat hosted at Five Mary's Farms, actually. And not only did I have to, just as a matter of necessity, have to double and triple the batches for all the glamping guests, but we were cooking outside where the wind was blowing away the heat. And I thought I was, I thought they were, I thought the jam was never going to be done because it was so deep and the wind was blowing all my heat away. So don't make a rookie mistake and get like the tallest, deepest pot you've got. Do something as shallow as you can and even as wide as you can. I think that is a beginner mistake. It's just thinking, well, I've got all this fruit. I'm just going to do it all at once and just don't do it. Do it in smaller batches. It will take a shorter cook time. It will set up better. And the flavor I've found, the shorter amount of time that you can get your jam to its gel set point, the brighter the flavor. The longer you cook that jam, the less flavor you're going to get. Great tip. The next item, next thing that you need to start water bath canning is you need a water bath pot or a steam canner. We're probably going to have a whole episode on steam canning 
It's one of my favorite things in the world is to use a steam canner, but you need a vessel that's going to submerge your jars in boiling water. That's a water bath pot or in steam, which is the steam canner. I like to a metaphor and say that a water bath pot is like a hot tub and the steam canner is like a sauna. So they achieve the same result and you use the same recipes in them. But the water bath pot is what you classically think of your grandma or your aunt using that's black with the white speckles. That's the water bath canning processing pot. Very often, if you get the black pot with the white speckles, it comes with a wire rack in it. And that's the next item that you need. But just know that when you're getting started, you need a pot that is big enough for the number of jars that you would like to preserve at once, which is not probably going to be more than eight quarts at once. And it can be kind of small. I've seen canning demonstrators use a tall, like a thing that you would steam asparagus in. And just to demonstrate how to can one jar at a time. I've seen people use these tall, deep pots, and you could use something like that. I use a, I don't have a black water bath canning, well, maybe I have one, but I don't use that water bath canning pot that's black with the white speckles at all anymore. I have a little bit smaller stock pot that you would use to boil water for an artichoke or boil anything. That's what I use. What do you use, Anna? I mostly use a speckled pot unless I'm doing just a few pints of jam or jelly. I will use, yeah, a really tall stock pot and I have a rack that I put in the bottom and it's just really nice not to heat up all of that water if you don't have to. So let's talk about racks. Okay, so in the black speckled pot that you could you could go buy that at any big box store at Walmart. You can get them online. You could thrift them. If you tell a single neighbor that you want a can, everybody on the street is going to have free canning gear to give you. Okay. That's another pro tip. (laughs) As soon as you tell somebody you're interested in canning, everybody has free jars to give you. Someone will have a pot in their attic. You can use those things used and they can be old. They can be, uh, you know, not the hottest, newest thing. And they work great. But at the bottom of the black speckled pot, it usually comes with a wire rack that's really useful for lifting all the jars out at once, which keeps your hands safe from the boiling water. You don't have to have that type of rack, but you have to have something at the bottom of the pot to prevent the jars from rattling around and breaking. In my stock pot that I use instead of the wire rack... I have a silicone trivet, and it kind of looks like a sunburst or like a flower. I think it's called the Blossom Trivet on Amazon. And in the show notes, I think we'll be able to link that trivet so you can grab one. It was 10 bucks 10 years ago, so maybe it's 15 now. I don't know. But they're just a really simple silicone trivet that sits at the bottom of the pot, and that prevents your jars from rattling around and breaking, which is the opposite of the thing that you want to have happen. You want your jars to not break at any point during the process. So a rack of some kind is important. So get a metal rack meant for canning. The wire one that comes with the black speckled pot is great. Or a trivet. What do you use? Just a metal rack, Anna? I use a metal rack unless, like, one time I have another story like yours where I was at 
this, I don't even know, this farm. And I was on a camp chef and they didn't, I, for some reason, I did not have a rack in my pot. And so I actually used a washcloth and submerged it and then put my jars on top of that. It's to help your jars not rattle, but it's also to keep that heat from being right against the glass jars. So um, you need some type of barrier or buffer underneath those jars. But yeah, I use a rack <laughs> or a silicone, or I have uh, like a round rack that I use in my stock pot that is two pieces. So it's easy to get out and put in. Okay, awesome. That's great point about the you don't want the heat directly on the glass jars. The next thing that you need uh, is a jar lifter. And they're kind of like tongs, but they are shaped especially to grab around the top edge of the jar. And I would say that is an essential tool. There's there's not a way for you to get the jars out in a safe way. And they cost very little. And again, that's something you could thrift or borrow from a neighbor or get at a yard sale. And they just really are an important safety tool. And they're meant to gently and carefully pull the jars, which will be full of boiling water, out of the pot. Yeah. And you only make that mistake once. <laughs> you try to use True. like tongs or something in your jars and it doesn't work. And it's, and it's really scary because you're like, I've worked so hard on these jars. Like I have to make sure that I pull them out safely. So it happens once usually. Yeah. One time that you'll forget your jar lifter. One time I tried to put rubber bands around like normal tongs just to make it grippy. And it was like, None of this is going to work. This is a, it's like literally a disaster. You've got all this work. You've tried so hard. You got your preserves. They taste delicious. You're like going to stock your pantry. You got all these aspirations and you don't have a dang lifter and you're really in a pickle. <laughs> Canning pun intended. You need to have a jar lifter. Next, you need a funnel. And this is an item that like, I think, could you can without a funnel? I think we would agree. Yes, you could. But it's such an inexpensive tool that makes the job so much easier. The, Anna has a great recommendation for a funnel, and I'll let her share about that in a second. But a funnel prevents your applesauce or pickles or jam or whatever you're preserving from getting on the top edge of the canning jar. And preventing that from getting on the jar in the first place removes it from possibly preventing a seal. And the seal is the whole point, right? That's the whole point that you are listening to this podcast. You want to have jars of delicious preserves sealed up tight to last indefinitely on the shelf. And by using a funnel, you are just eliminating the potential of that sticky stuff on the top edge of the jar that may and probably will prevent a seal from forming. So tell me which you have a funnel that you love, Anna, and tell me which one and why. I do. I have a funnel that uh, I discovered about six years ago. It's put out by a company called Progressive and they make kitchen products. And what I love about this funnel is that it can fit a wide or a regular mouth mason jar. It has a silicone edge on the inside. So it's gentle. Sometimes those metal ones, I don't know. I worry about them like nicking the top of my jar if you're not careful. 
And it also has this really great viewfinder with the headspace on the side. So you Mm. can actually look into your jar and see what the headspace is on your items. Because uh, in canning, there are different headspace requirements for different things, right? So I... Before I heard about your funnel, I would often recommend people get a clear or transparent funnel because of what you're exactly what you're saying. It's really nice to be able to see inside the jar because looking from a bird's eye view from above, it's hard to tell exactly how far the top of the food is from the top of the jar. But if it's a clear or transparent funnel, like the blue or red sort of see-through funnels, if that's like what your neighbor has for you to borrow or that's what you pick up at a yard sale – Those work great because you can see from the side, the side view, how far the jam is from the top of the jar. But it sounds like the progressive funnel is awesome. I obviously need to get one and we will link it in the show notes for you. Yeah. And it's inexpensive. I want to say it's maybe $10. Oh yeah. Great. Worthwhile investment. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com and Jenny teaches a variety of courses including the super fast steam canning course at startcanning.com. Use code POD25 to get 25% off those courses today. That's code POD25 to get 25% off today. The next item on our list is a ladle. So that's another thing that you wouldn't necessarily have to have to safely preserve at home, but a ladle makes it much easier to not only get the hot preserve into your jars, but it makes it easy to gauge how much in each scoop if you're always using the same ladle. A lot of ladles are exactly a one cup measure or more, and then that way you know like, oh, okay, two scoops, and then my jar is close to full. Do you have a a ladle that you love, Anna? I was actually going to say I don't use a ladle. I use um like a one cup measure. That's great. I actually just use the measuring cup and just scoop it out. And then I know exactly, you know, about how many I'm going to need for a pint jar, quart jar, jelly jar. Oh, that makes perfect sense. So I have a ladle that I actually was gifted for my wedding 11 years ago. That is a Martha Stewart brand, but the back half of the ladle is a, it's perforated. So it's like a little mini strainer. I think that is really helpful um, when you're canning anything that has like a chunk or like a pickle or a large, large pieces. So you have your jar with your, like the larger pieces of food. And then that strainer is handy for like getting just the right amount of liquid. I love that. But Yeah, like Anna said, you don't even have to have a ladle, and Anna doesn't use a ladle. That's wild. I know. I'm a wild (laughs) lady, but I just I only ever use a measure, usually. No, that makes perfect sense, though. So the next item on the list is pretty much the only thing, it is the only thing on the list that you need to purchase brand new, and that are new lids. So during COVID, during this resurgence of people canning, that happened at the same time that it was really hard to get new canning lids. And there was a ton of counterfeit, I'm not sure if that's, that's not quite the right word, but a bunch of garbage 
quote, canning lids that were never meant to be canned with, sold on Amazon, sold online. And it really was a great lesson in how important a canning lid that is new and is meant for canning really is in the canning process. So canning lids are meant to fit a wide mouth or a regular mouth jar. So there's two sizes, same way that there are two jar sizes, which is something that we'll we'll talk about in a minute. But you have to get them brand new. And I've gotten them and tried to use them that are like old from a yard sale in the cute vintage package. And about half of them failed. So I wouldn't recommend getting old ones. But Anna, what has been your experience with using like the pure brand? We both, I bought a ton of those at the Smith and Edwards in Ogden, right? Those were awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um, that first batch of pure lids, I found some that were just like damaged in packaging or in shipping. And so I contacted the company and they have sent me like reimbursement and also some new packages. So there are companies that are that came around during COVID when we could not access new lids and the jury's still out a little bit for me on those. But it also made me realize maybe I should be stocking up on reusable canning lids that uh, that are on the market like Tatler or Harvest Guard, some of those that I haven't played around with to see how they work. But you and I both do a fair amount of canning, and sometimes it's just not cost effective to purchase that higher priced item for, you know, the hundreds of jars that we do in a year. That's a great point. And I haven't used the reusable lids at all. I've never canned with them. But that I think we thought we talked about that might be a really great episode for the future as we both try them and, and report back to the listeners. But you do need for a, this is your first time canning, first 10 times canning, we would recommend buying brand new ball canning lids at the grocery store. You can get them at hardware stores. You can buy them online from Amazon, but I always feel like they're higher priced. They're like sold through an independent seller that's selling them for higher than what you can get them locally. Have you, Has that been in your experience, Anna? Yeah, I've found that as well. Just know that, like you said, during COVID, I was finding jars and lids at like very random places. Like I, I found that like sometimes I could find them at walmart.com or target.com and they were like the best prices. Ace Hardware was really good to find. I was having good luck finding things there. Um, Smith and Edwards is a farm store up here, which obviously is only local to me, but don't be afraid to go through like major, major stores, you know, cause sometimes they will carry canning supplies that are ball or cur and they're great. That's a great segue into the, the final item on our list jars. So this actually, we could like call this section like jars you shouldn't use, right? Because what we're going to recommend is that you use jars that are specifically designed for canning, which are probably going to be one of just a handful of brands. Ball and Kerr are both owned by Jarden Home Brands, I believe. So they're one and the same. I think if you weigh them, they weigh a little bit different, but they are both high quality jars. That's a high quality jar brand. Weck jars are another type of canning jar that I've never personally used. But they are very beautiful. They look very European and farmhouse chic. And those are a possibility too. Kilner is another brand. What else am I forgetting? There's a brand here that I've just started using called Two Lumps of Sugar that 
is actually really great. They're manufactured in the same facility as Ball, and I've wow. been testing those out, and they've been really great. Pure has a brand of uh, lids and jars, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm still like the jury is still out for me on that brand, just because I was burned in 2020 or 21. Sure. So the jars that you should not use are the jars that your best food mayonnaise came in. You should not use jars that are not meant for canning. So even if your grandma used to can in an old pickle jar or with a jar that spaghetti sauce came in, that does not mean you should. And for the price of a made in America recyclable canning jar that is pretty cheap, like probably a dollar a jar or less, it's a silly risk to take to use a jar that is not meant to be submerged in boiling water. That's a silly risk. You can use used jars, so they don't have to be brand new. And in fact, it, I mean, once you start canning, you never would be able to keep up with the jars if you were buying brand new ones. So they can be used. And if you're getting used jars, just look along the jar, hold it up to the light, and just make sure that you see no cracks and no chips along the top edge. What other tips do you have for jars, Anna? Yeah, I mean, you hit on it. I do a lot of thrifting. And like you said, when you start telling people that you're interested in canning, all the grandmas come knocking at your door like, hey, do you want my jars? But you really need to uh, run them through the dishwasher, look at the tops, make sure that there's no crack or nick at the top because uh, you don't want to go through all that work. And then in in the water bath or steam canner or pressure canner, it explodes or, you know, the bottom drops out. I've had that happen before. And that's just sad. So make sure you do a lot of work in the beginning, check everything and, uh, and you'll be good to go. Do you ever pick up jars secondhand, Jenny or no? So I do. And I was now that like friends and family know that I can, I get tagged in every Facebook marketplace post of someone getting rid of canning jars. It's so sweet. And I have more <laughs> jars than I know what to do with, honestly. Like my husband's like, please don't bring any more home because I can't store them all, right? And, you know, this is like 2.0, but you get to a point where you've canned all that you can reasonably store and eat before the quality of the food gets a little, uh, you know, like there's a limit to how much you can, <laughs> can, can, right? So I would just be a little bit thoughtful before you start bringing home carloads of jars. If I could go back and if there was no uh, like cost to this, I would can exclusively in wide mouth jars because I like that you can stack them on the shelf. A regular mouth jar, you can't stack very well. Or I mean, you can, but it's helter skelter. And I like that wide mouth jars, you can clean out easier with a sponge like, or the dishwasher does a better job of just cleaning out because it's a straight side. And a regular jar has the shoulder, which is better for pouring juice. Like they're not without merit. And if you're given free, terrific jars, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn them down necessarily. But if I could go back, I would only buy and acquire or use wide mouth just because they're stackable and they're easier to clean. That's interesting because I use regular mouth for certain things. So I use um, regular mouth if I'm doing like, preserved lemons in salt. I like to have that shoulder, you know, that kind of holds the lemons down. So what else do you use a regular for? 
Yeah, so I use a regular one for salsa because it's easier to pour. And I do like using regular mouth for peaches for the same reason. It just kind of like holds, sometimes can hold the peaches down. Whereas if it's a straight side, they just kind of go up. But I don't know. I mean, we all have our own like things that we've done for years. And so we just keep doing it. So, but I do love a wide mouth jar. (laughs) So all that to say, get a jar that will help you get started canning. It doesn't matter if it's a wide mouth or a regular mouth, but as you get going, you'll, you'll develop a preference and you might have a reason that you're going to really gravitate towards one or the other, but both are safe and fine and I mean, it's not like the regular mouth are that hard to clean, but I just find like in the dishwasher, it's really nice that they come clean so easily. But there was one other thing I wanted to add to this list, Anna. So I had a social media follower ask me, could a person water bath can in an instant pot? And it took some searching, but I would like to share now the conditions in which you could do that. So if you are an Instant Pot lover, I'm not, but I know I'm a minority. I know people love them and have them and they're a great tool. You can use them for water bath canning only if your jars are submerged and covered by two inches of boiling water and you leave the lid off. So it's just a tool for boiling is the way that that is a safe and acceptable and tested method for water bath canning. That's right. That's right. And it's only recommended for water bath canning at this point. There is uh there is an electric pressure canner that our instructor Teresa is still working with Utah State to figure out if it, it if it does come up to the proper temp and hold that temp um for pressure canned foods, uh low acid foods. So right now, it's not recommended to pressure can in instant pots yet. So even if you know, you see YouTube videos that are literally have hundreds of thousands of views on them. It just drives me bonkers. There's just, that's part of the misinformation. So even if you see someone who's done it, just you hear to hear first, don't do it until it has been tested to get up to that temperature that we'll talk about in another episode. Guys, stay tuned until it's been tested. Don't do it. Just stick with a pressure canner for low acid foods and a water bath canning process that we just explained all the equipment that you'd need. Just stick with water bath canning in a water bath canning process, or you can use the instant pot, but it has to be covered with two inches of boiling water. I think that's it. Do you guys, do you have anything to add to that, Anna? I don't think so. I mean, we didn't really talk about rings and bands, but just make sure that uh, those are reusable. Yeah, just make sure that they're not uh, super rusty or anything. Just take care of your rings and bands and you can reuse those. In our next episode, we'll dive into the canning process and how that all works. So if this show was helpful to you, please share it with a friend. And stay tuned for our next episode when we cover the canning process. Thanks for being here, guys. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to 
perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.